Welcome, everybody, to the Tag Your It podcast. I am Ray Ray. And I am David Van Bever. Yes, and we're doing our Zoom thing, as you know, uh, since, uh, you know, I'm in Springfield. Dave is in uh, Lynn Valley, Kansas. And, uh, you know, we're separated by miles. And we also have guests that are separated by miles. And we're doing the Zoom thing so that we can all look at each other and uh, laugh at each other because, you know, we look funny sometimes. (laughs) Anyway, but we've been doing that for a little bit. And so we have a special guest with us uh, this evening. Who do we got on the Zoom chat with us tonight? (laughs) My name's Christy Wilbanks. Nice to have you. Thanks for coming on the show. And so just to let you guys know, this is a special uh, sort of tag your episode. This is an episode where we're going to do a twofer, a separate twofer sort of thing. So first, we got Christy here, and uh, we're going to talk about a upcoming conference that's coming up real soon anyway on homeschooling. And then yeah. we got Rachel Townsend that will come in and cut in um, after we're done talking with Christy. But first, Christy, thank you for coming on the show. Uh, thank you for uh, getting a hold of us. Uh, we were at the um, abolition rally, and this is where we met Christy. And she, you know, interjected herself, said, "Hey, take this, uh, take this flyer and everything. We've got this conference coming up." And then we're like, "Hey, we're a part of a podcast. We do this kind of thing." And so, hey, we can talk about it. So here's where we this is where we are tonight anyway, to talk with Christy about homeschooling and then also mention and talk about the conference, what it's about, why it's important to be there and uh, who's speaking and what they're speaking about and why that's important. So anyway, go ahead, Christy, you know, introduce yourself. Okay, so my name is Christy Wilbanks. I am a mother of eight children. I've been homeschooling for 18 years. And basically what happened was I woke up one day and I was like, huh, how many years have we been homeschooling now? And I was like, wow, 18 years. That's crazy. Mm. And so um, our keynote speaker is Kevin Swanson, who is out of Colorado. And we've been wanting to have him down here for quite a while. And um, it just was never the time. We would always say, oh, one day we'll have a conference, you know, one day you know how did you look in the future and then life is just busy. And so when the pandemic hit, all of a sudden, many people were homeschooling who had never homeschooled before, who didn't mm-hmm. know anything about homeschooling, who many of them are not even Christians. And, um, you know, my husband and I just really talked about it and prayed about it a lot. And we thought this was the right time to have the conference. And so um, that's one of the reasons we're doing it now. Um, do you want to know something more personally about me? Like, Oh no. What do you do in the church? I mean, you have eight children. Okay, yeah. Tell us a little bit about the ministry of you and your husband and how you uh, minister in your church and in your community. Right. Okay. So, um, because I have eight children, some of them are grown. I, our oldest daughter is grown and she's married and she actually has two kids and her and her husband live in Arizona. Then my second oldest daughter is 22. She still lives at home, but she has her own business. She has um, her own photography business. But in the off season, she does um, some different jobs. She's waiting tables right now. Um, So we have a wide range of children. So at home, oldest 22, at home, youngest five. 
So I still have a lot of mothering to do. So I don't do a whole lot of um, extracurricular activities or extra ministry stuff. But one of the things that I really, really love to do, and one of the ways that I think that the Lord has given me to minister um, started years ago when I just began saying, Lord, I want to do more. I want to do more. How do I do more when I have all of this already going on? And so I started a personal ministry where I just reach out to women and I just say, Hey, I love you. I, I text them or I'll call them and I just pray for them. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of what I do. If someone needs um, a meal, if someone, you know, is sick or something like that, we'll, our family will get a meal together and take it to them. But personally, that is a big ministry for me. When I was really young and first saved, I, <laughs> I just, I had such a deep longing in my heart to share the gospel and to encourage. And I I thought in the beginning, well, how do you do that? And of course it was going to be women's ministry, right? You know, up on the stage and teaching and all that. And as I got into the word, I realized that that is not really biblical for me because that's going to take up all my time and my time needs to be dedicated to my, to the Lord first, obviously, but then my husband and then my children. How am I going to have time for all of that in ministry? And so God just really showed me that I don't have to be up on a stage all the time. I don't have to, um, you know, like be a Beth Moore, you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but I can exactly. still reach out and in ministry really is about relationship. That's the ministry that Christ has for us. And that's the ministry that we're supposed to have for each other. So that's really how I look at ministry and, and how I try to do it um, within our church body. Well, Christine, yeah, that's an amazing you. thing. And I mean, I just want to, you know, just mention, I mean, she is exemplifying uh, Ephesians four right here. So whenever Christ ascended, he gave gifts to people, right. And he did give gifts of teaching and, and pastoring and, and all that, you know, we have the, uh, the prophets, the, the apostles and all that in there, but they were to equip people to do what, to do ministry. And so she has been washed in the word and she recognizes that, you know, she doesn't have a gift for this or that or this or that, but she knows that God has given her family. She is, she has a husband, she's got kids and she knows what it is to be a godly woman because she is washed in that word. And she goes, and the the great thing is the freedom that you're experiencing is like, I have a ministry, you know, it's not like, I don't have to separate ministry is something I do outside my house, yeah, but exactly. you've got kids and you get to minister to your kids. You've got built in disciples instead of having to go down the street and like, try to drum up some people off the street. God said, here you go. And uh, you're ready. Oh, yeah. And, you know, so that's a wonderful yeah. thing. And I'm, I'm thankful. And I just want to thank you and encourage you and any sort of woman out there with a ton of kids that, you know, has a feeling that there has to be some sort of extra extra. It's like, no, 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 no. Recognize what you have and the gifts. And so I appreciate you being a mother to your kids. And it's an amazing thing. Well, that's something I've had to learn that. and grow. Yeah. Thank so. you so Christy, much. I have to say both of us have wives that homeschool. So we appreciate yeah. so much and we know so much of the time and the effort and the energy, the intense amount of heartache that actually 
pouring into your kids takes because there's a frustration there, but there's an amazing mm-hmm. sense of connection. And I want to step back just a hair because sure. we talk about homeschooling and you, you mentioned all these people were homeschooling, you know, weren't even Christian. Tell me just mm-hmm. a little bit of, if you were going to define and offer us a definition for homeschooling, what would that be? And why is that designation important? Okay. Yeah. So <clears throat> this is something that is I'm very passionate about homeschooling is not public school at home. Homeschooling is a tool for discipleship, a tool for discipleship. And so discipleship should be our goal. Always. If you're going to, if you're a Christian and you have children, it is your responsibility and should be your goal to disciple them in the ways of the Lord. And so homeschooling is, it is such an amazing blessing to be able to do this. And it is, it is such an amazing uh, opportunity because life is so short and you, you really only have your children for a short amount of time. And if you are willing to truly pour into them, um, you know, for, I mean, most people say 18 years, but I feel like, you know, when you're 18, you still have a little parenting to do with your young people when they're like 18 or 20 years old, you know, they still need information. They still need guidance from you, but um, just basically homeschooling is a tool for discipleship. It's not going to save them. You know, you're not going to, you can't just hide them away in a little box and never let them go in the world. And, you know, there are people who think that, and, you know, when I realized that, I think it, it made all the difference for me is that, when I saw homeschooling in the proper light, which is as a tool for discipleship and that discipleship is what the real goal should be. Um, so, it really oh changed yeah, the just, way we did homeschooling. Yeah. So you, you have that proper light. So I kind of want to pick up on that anyway. Um, you said mm-hmm. proper light. So whenever, when the next question is like, you know, when did you get involved in homeschooling? You know, is there something there? Did you have kids prior to getting into homeschooling or yes. is it something that you had from the very get go that you were, that you were planning on doing prior to? No, kids? no. So I'll just give you just a tiny uh, bit of testimony of my life. So I didn't grow up in the church. Um, I didn't grow up with any kind of a biblical or godly background. And I had a single mother who had five kids and I was bound and determined that I was not going to be like her because she struggled so hard and I wasn't going to have a bunch of kids and have to depend on a man. And then, you know, something happened between us and, uh, I just, I was not going to have a bunch of kids and, uh, that was how it was going to be. And I was going to make my own way and have a career and all these things. And man, when God got a hold of me, <laughs> he really got a hold of me. And um, so I absolutely did not want more than two children. And so um, our oldest two uh, went, so my oldest daughter went to public school until the fifth grade. And I began to see some real issues with her and I had no idea how to change them. And um I was our, at this point I was saved and we were going to a little, uh, Baptist church in Hewitt, Texas. And, um, I met this lady who 
had five children and she was a homeschool mom and she was the nicest lady and her children were just so kind to one another. They, they didn't fight hardly. And there was just something different about them. And so I asked her about it and I'd never even heard of homeschooling. I didn't even know that it was an option. And when I saw the difference and I knew that's what I wanted for my family, I just saw something different in her kids and they were just so loving and so sweet and very relaxed and they could talk to anybody, you know, no matter their age. And I just really enjoyed their family. It, it impacted me greatly. Hmm. And so I just started doing research. And when I realized it was an option and it was something that, you know, I really thought I could do not because of my ability, but I knew it was an option to do it. I just took off running with it and uh, I never really looked back. I mean, it was never like this thing. I mean, we told our kids, well, we'll just see, you know, but then once that first year or so was over, I mean, I just, we're, we have just always homeschooled all the rest of them. So only two ever went to public school. Well, that brings me to one of the major reasons we had you on, which was the conference that you were hosting, the Family Reformation Conference on March 4th right. and 5th in Branson. So tell us just a little bit about this conference, about the speakers, the date, the location, how people can register, and, and kind of what the goal is of the conference in general. Okay. So let me just kind of start with the goal. So, um, you know, like I kind of said in the beginning, when the pandemic really came around, we saw a lot of people beginning to homeschool, but they weren't doing it out of conviction. They were doing it out of a knee jerk reaction of what was, what they finally realized had been happening for a long time to their kids. And, um, our goal is one to encourage people who have been homeschooling for a while and two to grab these new homeschoolers or people that might be interested in homeschooling and just, say, Hey, come over here. I've been doing this for a while. Let me, let me give you an idea of how it can be done in a biblical way that, because our goal is a multi-generational faithfulness. And, Mm -hmm. and that is really what's been on my heart for, you know, years. And, um, so that's one of the reasons we really wanted to have the conference. Um, we have some really amazing speakers, um, Kevin Swanson from generations.org. Uh, I, I just really love his curriculum. Um, it's almost all we use now. Uh, he, uh, has been putting out more and more curriculum over the last few years and their ministry has just exploded. I don't know if you're familiar with who he is. Do you know who he is? Okay. Mm -hmm. He's, he's based out of Colorado and they're, curriculum is just so amazing. It's got Bible verses on every single page. I mean, it's not like a little bit of information and then a Bible verse over here and, you know, some secular information. And then, you know, at the end, a little Bible teaching. I mean, it is just chock full of the Lord's truth all the way through in every single subject. And I particularly enjoy the science curriculum at the end. Um, you have the option to sing a hymn that has something to do with particularly like creation and, and things like that. And so um, he also has a pod- podcast that we listen to regularly and um, he does the worldview in five minutes. His, his ministry does. Yeah. <clears throat> and I really enjoy that. You get a little bit of news from a biblical, biblical perspective and then 
you're basically, you know, you can get on with your day. You don't have to be stuck to the TV all day, but you can kind of keep up with what's going on. So um, he also is really big on discipling and he has what he calls a discipleship center in his basement where he will um, disciple young men for about six months at a time. And uh, he just, they live in his home where he um, literally every day disciples them and teaches them about being a godly man and what it is to be a family man and about finances. And I mean, he runs the gamut on those kind of things. He's also a, um, a pastor. And um, we've just really come to love him. My husband and my son went to a conference that he had in his home for about 50 men a couple of years ago. And it was like a week-long conference in his home. I mean, this man is like so great about, um, uh, what do you call it? Hosting and, um, and just opening his home to people. So we really felt led to have him and, uh, he's our keynote speaker. And then, um, another man that was there, his name is Mark Robinette. He's out of Ohio and he has a ministry called, uh, mission to Myanmar. He's also a pastor. And uh, he's been to Myanmar several times. He has a book called Myanmar Gold. And he just loves the people of Myanmar and he supports them. He's going to be speaking a little bit about that and um, just about missions and church, what the church is in general. And he he is also a homeschool dad of, of eight children. And <clears throat> I'm, I'm super excited because he's bringing his entire family. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to that forward to that because we have not been able to meet all of them yet but um and then <clears throat> Aaron Boldman is a um a local uh ministry man he runs a ministry called um Future Men and it's basically a discipleship program where um troubled boys from um he likes to have young men from out of state, it just works better for them to be out of state. They come and live there at his school and he disciples them and teaches them the Bible, helps them to get caught up on their schoolwork. And, you know, it's, I mean, these are solid, solid men who love the Lord and they all are, um, <clears throat> they really just are concerned about the future generations. And that's what we're concerned about. And, you know, we, we think it's really important to, um, to grab that vision that, you know, I mean, it's just, what's the point if we don't have a vision for our future? And where should individuals mm -hmm. who are wanting to register or know about the conference, where should they be going to, to find out just a little bit more information? Okay. Our website is T-H-E-F-R-H-C.com. So it's the F-R-H-C.com. You spell out the T-H-E. Excellent. And they can register there online? Yes. Excellent. And you, very, very good. And we, we have a Branson? whole page. We have a whole page with our speakers and there is a um, link with underneath each speaker. Excellent. And where in Branson are you going to be hosting it? At the Copeland Theater. Excellent. Would you like the address? Yes. Give us the address for the yes, Copeland yeah, Theater. That'd all. be good because I don't know. Okay. The Copeland Theater is off of Gretna. It's 4230 Gretna in Branson. 
Excellent. Very, very good. And that's the main drag is uh, I think uh, Sight and Sound Theater is also in Grant and I. It's right across that. the street. Yeah, that's right. I know that. I know that because I worked on Sight and Sound Theater and was okay. down there a lot whenever they're building right that. So yeah, you're shops. not too far away from that. Yes. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So yeah, you shouldn't be able to uh, miss it. <laughs> anyway, yeah. if you can see Sight and Sound Theater, um, just go for that, and then you'll you'll be close, close enough. Well, actually, yeah. the opening day is the last day of our conference, so All you right. could actually get tickets for that evening if they still have some available for Saturday hey, evening. That sounds like a good plan. You get a get a oh, show after the conference is over. Go for we it. We actually Sight and Sound actually gave us four adult tickets to give away as prizes. And we have tons of books we're going to be giving away. Um, Gary DeMar gave me a bunch of books. Doug Wilson gave me a bunch of books. I know. <laughs> uh, Joel Beakey is supposed to be giving me some books, but I haven't received them in the mail yet, but I hope to this week. Um, and then um, we just have a, quite a few cool prizes to give away. But the Sight and Sound, I mean, that is huge because I've heard from several people that I know that work there that they don't usually give books away. I mean, not books, tickets away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a big deal uh, down there. But deal. man, just like, did you just hear that though? Did you just hear that? So there's awesome homeschooling edification yeah. to be involved. There's a chance to get tickets to go to Sight and Sound Theater, a show there, which yeah. is again, like she's saying, it is a rare thing. I uh, hear it, it too. And then Douglas Wilson books. And yes. Gary DeMar books, come on, come on. I know. So, you know, if nobody takes those things, uh, I've got some bookshelves that uh, so those <laughs> books can fit on if you need some space for them after you're done. But I hope that people go down there and uh, they enjoy the conference, they get edified um, and, and all this, because it's something that's in my life. Um, you know, we, we've we uh, had our, my personally, my kids, uh, they go to this uh, private school sort of like hybrid. So they go to a class uh -huh. every, you know, two days a week, three days at home. Yeah, um, and uh, I think our our deal next year is we're going straight uh, homeschool next year um, for oh, some nice. uh, particular reasons here and there. But you know, it's a big deal. Uh, my wife loves to teach the kids. It's a pain, and they're little yeah. sinners, and it's a total sanctifying experience. Which I think is why um, a lot of people don't want to go through it because your kids are going to teach you everything about yourself because they're. What, whenever Seth was born, he was made in the image of Adam, right? He was born in the image of Adam. And so I see in my kids everything that I did to my parents. And I have to go, yep, yep, I'm, I was never innocent. You know, and so that yeah. that is, and but it's, and it's a big deal, and so there's a lot of grace to apply in the in the conversation. Um, so uh, you know, just kind of close out this time. You know, I just like two quick little questions, just kind of go, okay. you know, in scripture. Um, what was the encouragement to you? Like, you know, Paul says that everything in the past that was written in the past was written for our instruction. So what was instructive to you from scripture that led you to go to convict you? How did the Holy Spirit convict you with the word on that? And what would you tell parents um, that would have these, you know, like be closed off about homeschooling? Like what's two little quips there that you would want okay. to give somebody on the, on that, the scripture and conviction? Okay. So first of all, when I talk to people who are like, oh, you must have so much patience. I could never do what you're doing. And I'm like, well, did you ever teach your child how to tie their shoe? Did you ever teach your child how to talk or to hold their spoon or any of these things? Then you can do that. If I'm talking to Christians, I will say um, that, you know, 
God, through his word, has given parents the responsibility of education, not the state. If you're a parent, you're qualified, right? And then, you know, we have the classic Deuteronomy. What is it? Deuteronomy. I wrote it down. Um, Deuteronomy 6, Mm -hmm. 6 through 9, right? We're to talk about God all the time, basically all the time. Mm -hmm. How can you do that if your child is in, you know, public school or if they're away? First of all, they're not going to be able to learn anything about God. They're actually going to be learning things that are against God. And so they're going to have this, you know, in a public school setting where it's not biblical for them. I mean, it's not lawful for them to learn anything about the Bible. They're actually going to be learning against the Bible, right? Like Darwinism and all these types of things. So those are things that I, I really um, just encourage people to look in the word of God. But then the other thing I was going to say is the whole book of Proverbs is full of a parent talking to a child. Proverbs, uh, what is it? 22, six, when you, when you train up a child in the way he should go, when he is old, then he will not depart from it. Right. But there are a lot of times when we're half training our children and a lot of times they get this much biblical learning and then this much secular learning, you know, and Mm -hmm. what are they going to really depend on you know what the world says and that makes sense or mom and dad over here telling it me a little bit of this and that on the weekends or you know I, I I try to get them to to think about that but Proverbs 2 1 through 6 is an excellent one to look up I love those verses I mean the whole book of Proverbs but particularly Proverbs 2 1 through 6 where it talks yeah. about my son you know, it's, it's a lot of times, my son, my son, listen to the wisdom I'm trying to share with you. And that's really what Deuteronomy is talking about. We are to be doing that in the morning, in the evening, when we rise up, when we lay down, how can you do that if your kids aren't with you? And so that yeah. is a challenge for Christian parents that I, I do talk to them a lot, but yeah. you know, God has given us the ability to teach our children and there's no reason why we can't continue that on. And the, the, my, okay. My favorite thing, I know you got to go, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to say this. My favorite absolute thing about homeschooling is that I get to learn along with my kids. I am so much better educated than I was when I graduated high school, right? Like I know so much more because we learn together and I get to watch them grow and learn and I get to see them do things that I would not get to see them do had they been away from me. That would have been somebody else getting to enjoy that. But God has given me my children to enjoy. I mean, of course it's a responsibility and it's hard and you're tired, but man, it's so worth it. I just, I love it so much. Christy, I want to say one thing here is, you know, we're so grateful you have given us, you've got seven children at home. And so you're giving us amazing time and I, and I so appreciate it. And you did it on short notice. So thank you. (laughs) We really want to encourage people to check out the family reformation homeschool conference again, the FRC.com, the FR. HC, H-C. The, the FRHC.com. But let me end kind of with one little piece here. You said something sure. about enjoying your children. Oh yeah. There is something there that I think is so crucial. Mm-hmm. Help me real fast with the way that you have grown in your relationship with your children, as opposed to when they were in homeschool and they were gone eight hours a day. And let's kind of end with, with that little component as, as, as a plea for people to uh, 
make disciples. Tell us a little bit about some of the ways you, you feel like you have been blessed because of this. Oh, yeah. I mean, in so many ways. One of the things I think is really crucial is homeschooling and part of, of discipleship is not just um, book learning. So, <clears throat> excuse me. One of the things that I think is so cool that I get to see is all the ways that my children are different and all the things that they are interested in. They have the opportunity to, without any type of peer pressure, just explore the things that they are interested in. Um, I have one son who is very outdoorsy. He, we live, we have some land, we live in the woods. And so he's able to, you know, do a little bit of hunting and he tans all his own hides and, and he uses them. He uses the hides to tie flies, <laughs> like fly fishing. He's 13 and he can do all these things. I have one daughter who is going to be 11 this next week and she can sew and she makes dolls and she makes aprons and all these things. If she was in public school, she might feel embarrassed about those things. I have a daughter who has her own business, who is a photographer. And it's because she has the opportunity to do that. I have a son who is working on getting his own personal pilot's license. I mean, these kids love to explore education, not just out of a book, but in so many different ways. And it is such a joy for me to be able to see them just flourish. And I just love it so much. And the other thing is, man, we have a lot of fun. I mean, everybody gets on each other's nerves sometimes, right? We know that just from being married to sinners, right? But <laughs> mm -hmm. I mean, you know, <laughs> but the thing, Adam, <laughs> but the thing that I think is so wonderful is that most of the time I really enjoy them. I just enjoy them as people, not just because they're my kids, but they're really interesting people to be around. They really are. And I will say in the early years when I had a lot of little ones, it, it was hard, right? You're tired, but God is I don't know. God gives me all these wonderful little glimpses that helps me keep going. My children can now stand in the gates and that is my older kids. Right. I mean, even mm -hmm. some of my younger kids, but that is huge. And it helps me to continue to keep going when my young children can share the word with someone else, you know, a total stranger that is man. It, it just, it just gives me such joy and helps me to keep going. Cause really, honestly, I'm only halfway through, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's that transcendent everything. Whenever you, when we have the God that we have that is above all yeah. and, and, and holy other yet interacts with the temporal creation and everything that he's made. Um, and he's made the family, the first institution that was ever built, um, right. you know? And, and so like, we, we have to say that, you know, everything that God provides comes down. And so again, this is, this is where it comes into the transcendental aspect of why we're the tag you podcast. Anyway, you know, we have a transcendent joy. We have a, we have a joy that we, we've been given promises that we trust in. And we know that God is going to take everything that we've done and it's meaningful. If God is not uh, this matter in motion, time and chance, there's no meaning. You're just teaching your kids to survive to survive and they're dead, they're done, you're dead, you're done and whatever, you know, it's just arbitrary meaning, but God has given so much meaning, you know, that even in the trials that where your kids are just being horrible and you're having a hard time and you're down each other's throats, which totally happens 
in my house and everybody else's house. And if you think that a household doesn't do that, well, you are lying to yourself. And if somebody said that doesn't happen in their house, they are lying to you and your sinners. So expect people to lie and show this Instagram sort of picture of what homeschooling looks like. You know, it's, it's a mess, you know, but then public school is a mess. And that's not the state didn't do a good job at making things better either. You know, it's right. just maybe the parents aren't involved and, you know, a parent can become more selfish that way. Well, I don't have to deal with it. <laughs> you know, I just yeah. And it. I've when seen that home. a lot. Yeah. But see, we have a transcendent joy because we know the Bible says that they're their heritage. Um, there are little arrows that get shot out into the future. Yes. Um, and so, again, train them up. Um, they're going to hopefully because they get they get grabbed by the Holy spirit because then again, there is that teaching that we teach them, but then we know the promise of the new covenant saying that nobody will know. You won't have to teach each other. You will all know me. All my people will know me because I will teach them. And so then you have to just as a parents, just wholly lean on God whenever you see your kids go crazy because they're sinners and you know, God has used you as a means at the beginning of their life. And maybe their whole middle part where they're out of the house, they go nuts but then later on, when it, whenever you get old and, you know, you go to where the uh, the doors, the keepers of the house there start going, like you go into Ecclesiastes there, um, then they are able to see that. And then God uses that as a means like I have, say, missed the whole point of this. And they start taking care of you as God has designed them to take care of you when you're older. So, I mean, this is like a whole holistic thing that we got to talk about and it's all transcendent. And we just this is trusting in God from the moment of conception yeah to our deaths, to our kids' deaths. And then, then it's also something that we don't do. Um, this is the post-millennial hope is that we got to think about generations in the future. And yes. so we're, we're so now oriented to where it's like, this is pragmatic now, but we got to think about what are we going to teach our kids to teach our grandkids that'll teach the great grandkids that'll teach. And, and like, we have meaning now and it butterflies um, to eternity. And so, yeah, so it's one of those things that, you know, I'm glad that you get to see those glimpses of hope. I do too. Sometimes like I'm in the middle of just a lot of hardship, just seeing what happens and how my kids treat my wife, especially on Mondays, um, being a barber is my day off. And so I get to see the picture of it. And I, you know, I, I sit back and I just watch and I'm like, how, whoa, that, you know, but that's little sinners and we're all doing this together and I'm not scot-free of, of relationships in, in my house and my wife isn't, and my kids aren't, but this is the whole point of how we grow in grace of God in the church in the state. And you know, how those things that God has put together. So I know I got on a little soapbox there, but you know, no, you just, you I think it's brought great. so much to the fore that I hope it, to edify the people that listen to this and uh, really, really think about homeschooling their kids and teaching their kids and loving their kids that way. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let me just say this. I think, um, I think one of the most important things that, uh, you can do as a parent is not only pray for the souls of your children, but pray for the souls of every descendant you have until Christ's mm-hmm. return. And I don't expect that to be anytime soon. You know what yeah. I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I think it's going to be a long time. And I think this dispensational view is, a it's something that has frozen the church. And I think yeah. it's, it's, it's hard for people to get out of that. But once they do, they can grasp this vision of a multi-generational faithfulness. Now, I was still a dispensationalist when I first began to hear things about 
I'm sorry. Yeah. Dispensationalist. When I first began to hear mm. things about a multi-generational faithfulness and it just stuck a chord, struck a chord with me and it made so much sense. And, uh, as I began learning a lo- right alongside my children and, um, you know, my prayer for, for my, my family is that God would save every single descendant until Christ returns. And that's really what I'm trying to say is I really believe that God is doing a great shaking. Mm. He's shaking the things that can be shaken. Right. Yes. And so, but you know, that is a, a, it's a time of opportunity for us, for those of us who see what's happening it's a wonderful time of opportunity. And that's one of the real reasons we wanted to do this conference is because this is an opportunity to grab people and say, Hey, let me show you something over here. This is a a better way to think about things. This is a better way to um, understand why God has called us to these things. And uh, that that's our hope and prayer for the conference is that we can um, just help people to have, a more hopeful outlook because if we're all just going to, you know, like you said, just, you know, if it doesn't really matter, then what's the point? Who cares if what they're learning, if it doesn't really matter, but it does matter. It matters to the Mm -hmm. Lord. Mm -hmm. I mean, he says it in his word, so it should matter to us if we love him. Christy, we greatly appreciate your time. It has been a joy and a privilege, a good challenge for anyone in our audience. Again, we put it out there. There is awesome offer awesome information for you to grab onto and to consider and there are awesome opportunities and there are awesome resources and when i say awesome i mean biblical there are biblical resources and there are amazing opportunities and here's one opportunity to train yourself to kind of jump into this it's on a weekend it's coming up soon it'll be nice in branson and you might be able to get yourself some free tickets to the sight and sound theater and, and a Gary you, DeMar book and yeah. a Douglas Wilson book. Sorry, I didn't make sure to say that. I was really going to say that. <laughs> I am super excited about giving those away. I well, did want to mention one other thing. Um, we do have some scholarships available. We have right. um, several family scholarships and several scholarships for singles. So if there's a family out there who would like to um, come, but they're not sure about finances or if they're worried about, you know, time and they could only come for a partial time. Um, We are offering some scholarships. So if you can just reach out to me off the website, then I'll be able to um, get you hooked up with that. Christy, keep us in contact. Uh, I hope that this is something that you do multiple times next year. We would love to be able to plan to be there with a table and do what we could to encourage and maybe support just a little bit ahead of time. So, yeah. That sounds great. I would love that. All right. Well, thank you guys uh, for the time. Thank you, Christy, uh, for, again, you, you took time away from, from your family to uh, talk about uh, homeschooling and your conference and everything. So we thank you for that. And uh, just to hope this is a great relationship that started um, with your ministry personally, um, whatever comes out of, uh, you know, this conference and, you know, you don't know what God's going to do with this and uh, start small. And so, you know, well, hopefully uh, God blesses you and uh, helps you to become somebody that's a means 
um, to, you know, have to be merciful to people, to edify people um, in a multifaceted, not just conference way, um, but, you know, uh, just brings more, more people to him uh, through you, um, especially on this uh, thing of, you know, just, just the idea of homeschooling and what it means and how to do it. So, um, but yeah, help it, let us partner with you in whatever way we'll be there. So, um, but yeah, thank you for your time. And uh, what we're going to do is we're going to end up, um, getting over to Rachel Townsend here in a little bit. So you guys viewing this right now, you'll see a little black and then we'll be, uh, Hey, we're back anyway. But with you, Christy, we would again, say thank you for your time. Thanks for coming on the Pat Tiger podcast. And, uh, I guess all I can do is say to end it cause I've never ended it midstream, um, <laughs> in the show that we're recording anyway. So with that said, I'm just going to say Soli Deo Gloria and talk to you later. All right. Well, we are back with the Tag Your It podcast. And so you did just see the screen go black and then back into the picture and to my lovely face anyway. But yeah, so we are now joined with Rachel Townsend. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. I'm really happy to uh, be talking about this subject with y'all. Yes. So, you know, um, with a short memory from that little blackout screen, we're talking about homeschooling. We're talking about, uh, you know, really when it comes down to it, defend, like you're, you're teaching your kids to defend the faith. So it's totally apologetic anyway. So, um, just to remind the listeners of this podcast, you know, our definition of apologetics is just applying biblical truth to unbelief a lot wider, broader of a definition of apologetics. And so homeschooling fits right in. So if you might kind of go like, man, you go to other apologetic shows and they're just like talking about evidences and arguments and stuff like that. And then you go tag, you're it. And you're like, you know, you're talking about homeschooling and this issue over here, like how do they connect? And it's all applying biblical truth to unbelief. And we got to teach our kids that, you know, we understand that they're rebellious, just like we all were rebellious, God-hating people. And so we've all been charged, especially the new covenant to go, therefore make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And this is just one of those aspects. So Rachel, thank you for coming on the Tag Your It podcast. And you know, what I'm going to do is I'm going to hand this over to Dave because Rachel is a student, current student. She said she just has three more weeks of school left, but she is a student or a past student of Dave. So Dave, talk to your former student. Yeah, I was <laughs> blessed. And it's just a privilege, Rachel, to visit with you outside of the context of uh, student and uh, professor world. And I'm so grateful for the way that you are contributing to the work of the kingdom by homeschooling your kids. You wrote an exceptional speech you were a student at Spurgeon College getting ready to graduate, but I want to let you just tell us a little bit about yourself, about the ministry that you're currently involved in, about your family, about your role in the church, and, and maybe even some future projects that you're working on. Yeah, that, that'd be great. Um, so I live in a small town in Southeast Texas. I was born and raised here, and I live here currently with my family. Um, after high school, I graduated high school in 2009, and uh, college round one was in Dallas, where I met my husband. I was going for um, a biblical studies major, maybe a biblical counseling major, wasn't, wasn't quite sure uh, at the time, and um, ended up graduating with an associate's degree. My husband and I got married during that time, and uh, we, we both graduated, he with his master's, me with an associate's. And we were kind of, you know, looking for what God had next for us. And um, 
surprisingly, God led us back to my hometown. And um, we were happy to be a part of the church that had begun when I was away in Dallas and we plugged in there and um, are still a part of that church. I guess it's maybe nine, 10 years later. Um, but we have two boys. We have two boys when we came back to Southeast Texas. Uh, we have an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and we are currently in the process of um, getting a third son. Uh, we actually fly out to South Korea next month, and um, we've been in an adoption process for the last four years, so it's been a long time coming, and we are so happy to have that um, <laughs> finally coming to a completion. And so we will be adding him to our bunch. Um, as far as ministry, um, we were speaking earlier, and I said my husband um, is currently working in the federal prison system. He is looking to be a chaplain. So um, you know, we do different things as husband and wife, but also there's a lot of overlap where we're encouraging, praying, things like that. So I include his position as well. Um, as far as uh, specifically what I do, I homeschool my kids. <laughs> That's a huge part of my ministry. Um, at our church, I work a lot with our kids ministry. Um, but I honestly think my favorite, I guess, ministry aspect that I get to do at our church is one-on-one -on -one discipleship. Um, I love getting to have a relationship with younger women and talk to them, encourage them with scripture, um, talk to them about where they're at in life and um, how the Bible applies to their circumstances. So, um, and then, you know, like, like Adam said, um, I am finishing up my full bachelor's degree at Spurgeon College. So I'll be done with that in three weeks. And I'm so excited about that. Well, that is, that is, that is very, very exciting. Anyway, it's a, I don't know what it's like. I mean, I remember like getting out of high school and, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, being done with my one semester that I took at OTC way long ago, but I guess I do remember how excited I was getting out of uh, barber school after, you know, okay. only, you know, a thousand hours of that anyway. So seven months, but still that was, you know, it was, it was exciting. So, you know, that's, that's congratulations. And uh, thanks for hanging in there, you know, and uh, just uh, getting your call and uh, responding to it. And uh, really like your, your heart for discipleship. And, you know, that goes right into the, the homeschooling thing. But uh, what mm -hmm. I'd like to uh, bring in here is uh, we talked with uh, Christy um, prior to talking to you. And, you know, she was, she's a, a mom that ends up, that is now homeschooling um, after the fact of uh, coming to that conclusion. She had a family and I've got my dog in the background anyway. She decided <laughs> so. to come in. She's pretty quiet anyway. So she's not going to make too much of a fuss because I'm not going to get up right now and close the door <laughs> and then to get her out. But anyway, um, she is a lady after the fact um, uh, had, had a kid and then had to come into homeschooling. And so we had a really good conversation from that sort of angle. So like, you know, um, where we might say the lay person, I, I, the words there, I'm not a fan of it, but the words there for a purpose. Yeah. Um, and then we come to you, somebody that, uh, is an academics, um, maybe, uh, I, I don't know how you've come into this. We'll get to that question, um, shortly. Um, but what I want is more of like, uh, what, is your definition of homeschooling and just kind of put those two together? Yeah. Um, so obviously the very, very basic, simple definition is educating your kids in a home setting. Um, of course that can look different for different families. 
Um, some families choose to include other people in that education, such as um, co-ops, groups that meet together. All these families are homeschooling and we're kind of um, giving to their kids and they're giving to our kids as far as their education goes. Um, there's different programs throughout cities that uh, offer classes to homeschoolers, things like that. Um, of course, it doesn't have to be just the parents, grandparents, private tutors even, um, you know, can get on board in these children's education. But the very basic definition um, is that you are educating your children in a home setting as opposed to a public school setting. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, like the way that you say it's, you know, it's just much more, more cleaner, but I mean, that's really, that's what it is. Um, teaching your kids, you know, and like just uh, taking those two definitions uh, on the show that we have, uh, uh, you know, given anyway, and kind of just putting it in my words anyway, just a good summation is, you know, discipling your kids in a familial jurisdiction. So, you know, we, you know, we are, I'm very Kuyperian. I read way too much like, uh um, the, the, just the Dutch reform reformation guys. And so you're talking about Abraham Kuyper, which, uh, be really interesting to have a show with somebody that's more of a scholar on him to just talk about like really the modern homeschooling roots in that tradition, hmm. uh, really can probably get to Abraham Kuyper cause he's the sphere sovereignty guy. So when you're talking about, you know, you've got the family, the individual government, the family government, the uh, civil government, the ecclesiastical government, and they all have circles where they don't go past. And so, sure. you know, this is like, this is why the state shouldn't be in on education in my, in you know, my opinion, but I think I have, I can back that up in scripture anyways. Like this is a family thing. We were built as a family to then teach our kids to then they have, they go and have families and teach their kids. And this is how we have dominion um, as we're called to do. Anyway, but yeah, it's a wonderful definition. I'm glad that we kind of have this like, you know, not necessarily sloppy is not the correct word, but more of a, a home edition definition. And then we've got more of the clean academic thing. And I mean, they're, they're in agreement. And I think uh, this show definitely helps just provide a good basis on defining that, that term since we're debaters and we have to define our terms yep. <laughs> really well. So Rachel, I just appreciate your definition so much. And it just causes me again. And I love to hear, I know how my wife got into homeschooling. I know how Adam's wife got into homeschooling just a little bit. And it was great uh, to hear from Christy, but tell us a little bit about how you got involved in homeschooling as a whole. Yeah. Um, so Growing up, I had neighbors that homeschooled. I was public schooled uh, all the way through my senior year, um, but they became good friends. Uh, one of them ended up being a bridesmaid. And so I kind of knew that homeschooling existed. I didn't know, you know, so much about it, but I knew it existed. Um, when we, uh, my husband and I were in college, he worked for the college at the time. And one of his job responsibilities was traveling around to uh, different conventions and things like that and representing our college. Well, one or two of those conventions annually was a homeschool type convention where people would come and uh, curriculum organizations would come and represent their curriculums. And these people that were interested in homeschooling would come and kind of shop and browse and, and learn. So I was there. I traveled with my husband. I um, had the opportunity to do that. And while he was doing his thing, representing the school, I would walk around and I would look at all of these booths and I would 
go and I would pick up like pamphlets and talk to some people um, representing the curriculum. And as I began doing that and reading these pamphlets, it was like a light bulb kind of went off of almost like the missing thing in education. Like, whoa, this, this makes so much sense. And gosh, if I were educated this way about fill in the blank history, you know, um, I would know so much more, or, you know, th this just makes so much more sense. And um, we did not have children at that time. But the more I began learning about homeschooling, the more my husband and I talked about it, the more we just came to a very solid um, decision of this is exactly how we want to educate our kids. Um, so it was kind of just something that happened by chance for us, um, but we are so, so happy it did. So happy that we figured out what homeschooling was and um, both were arriving at the same conclusion. And so you'd say like homeschooling then is a worldview issue at the very bottom where we're talking like a worldview issue on how you're going to view, um, you know, this is where we get into the uh, question of, you know, criticism of uh, what, what, we, what, we, what we, I guess the, the debate and it's what we see in the debate is a worldview issue. So, you know, why would you say then is homeschooling, a, a, you know, important, I guess, from a Christian worldview? Absolutely. Um, well, I will begin by saying, and this might differ with y'all, and that's okay, <laughs> um, but I will begin by saying I am not, um, I am not, what's the word, against public schooling. Um, I am obviously a huge fan of homeschooling, but I'm not against public schooling for everyone. Um, and with that being said, I think Christians nonetheless <laughs> um, have the call, the mandate, um, by God to raise their children and teach their children about him um, to disciple their kids. And I think that can look um, the ways that that is done for different families can look differently as far as when we do this, how we do this, um, that sort of thing. But goodness, as far as, I mean, I feel like for a lot of Christian kids or kids in Christian families growing up, um, there is this separation between what they learn at church, what they might learn about God from their families, and then what they learn at school. And to they don't know how to synthesize that. They don't know how those overlap. Um, and I think that the opportunity that homeschooling gives is that these kids can learn that God is sovereign over everything. He's sovereign over history. He's sovereign over mathematics. Um, and they can, as parents, we can help shape their worldview, their, um, their understanding, their, their perspective on the world um, through a God-centered lens. Um, and I think that is huge in every area of life. If that kid goes off and becomes a biologist, a lawyer, whatever, not even in the ministry, no matter what, whatever area of your life or of life that that kid um, goes on to, I guess, influence or be a part of um, the, his, his worldview, his perspective will um, come out in that, that, that job, those relationships. So I think um, from a Christian worldview, 
discipling our children, we have to include these elements that are not typical theology elements, um, which is mathematics, which is history, which is race, which is all of these things. Um, Our kids need to know how to think about all of these things and how God relates to those subjects. Mm, That is outstanding. I love that you are, I think one of the challenges at times when dealing with homeschooling is um, to almost come off as condescending if this is the choice that you have done. And so I appreciate the grace that you have shared with that. I think Mm -hmm. that's a very, it's always good to be balanced. And so I appreciate so much the way that you navigated that. And I think you did so in an exceptionally charitable way. It causes me to think a little bit about some of the criticism that is often given to homeschoolers. Uh, I've heard it. Um, Many people know what I would say is kind of the generic homeschooling. But what is it in your mind that allows parents to be qualified to teach? I mean, if they don't have an education degree, um, how do they even know what they should be teaching their kids? Yeah, Um, I can get on a bit of a soapbox (laughs) about this, but I will I will rein it in. you know, and I, I ran this by a friend of mine who was a public school teacher um, a few years back, and I, I just wanted to see what she thought of this, this, this idea. And the idea was, if you're going through 12, you know, 12, 13 years of public education, to know that you know something, you should be able to reteach it. And the fact that we are expecting kids to graduate, uh, young adults, adults to graduate from their senior year and not be able to teach what they should have just learned, um, I think is unreasonable. And, um, and she agreed with me, you know. Um, <laughs> so, so one, there's that. If you learn something, the best way you know that you know it is if you can teach it. And if you can't teach it, then it's, there's probably something wrong there in, in your method or something, something went wrong. Um, so I would say that I would say just out of, uh, argument of reasonableness, out of logic, if you learn something, you should be able to somewhat stumble along and teach it. Um, so there's that, uh, also she curriculum today is leaps and bounds, you know, um, further along than it was 20, 30 years ago. There is so much curriculum out there, homeschool curriculum, um, that basically has, you could say, a stamp of confidence or um, it, it advertises itself as, hey, this curriculum right here meets all the state standards, all the national standards or whatnot. So if you are concerned and you are worried, like, you know, how am I going to know what to teach or how, you know, why do I think I could know all of the things or whatnot? You can literally go and do your research and pick out these curriculums that will give you the confidence to say, you know, no, if I teach this and my kid gets this, he's going to know everything that a public school student is supposed to know. Um, And then some, you know, you don't have to stop Mm -hmm. there, but you, you at least know you've got that, that base, you know, of education going. Um, so I would say there's that. Also thinking about resources, um, states all have different laws regarding homeschooling. Um, states have websites that um, outline for the public education school system grade by grade in great detail, like very flowery, fluffy language, exactly what second graders are supposed to be learning. Third graders, seniors, you can go and find this. This is not... Um, secret websites or websites only 
people in the professional education field can look at. Anyone can go and look at these um, websites and know like, okay, this is um, what my second grader should be learning. I'm going to make sure he learns that. And then we're going to go and, you know, we're going to learn some other things too. Um, but I think a parent can have so much confidence that they can uh, teach their children and they can teach their children well, and they do not need an education professional degree to do so. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, just the other thing is there, you know, you're, you're focusing on like the single person um, considering homeschooling, but uh, what do you see community wise? Like, you know, it's like, it's not, you don't, have, they're not going alone, right? There's Absolutely. not just resources, but there's a whole community of people willing to help. Isn't there is like, do you know of any resources that you would send people to, you know, so it's not just like, I have to go on this website and go, okay, well, I have to go to the state standards here and study this and then make sure this quick curriculum matches it. Like what's the community uh, like in the homeschool world? Absolutely. Uh, that's another thing that has grown just so much in the last several decades. Uh, so many more people are homeschooling. Uh, so many more organizations are putting out stuff to help homeschooling families. Um, like I mentioned earlier, there's co-ops, weekly co-ops that you can find just about in any city um, of these families that are homeschooling as well. Uh, co-ops usually are, their teachers are the parents. Um, one parent may be bilingual and maybe he knows Spanish or Korean. Um, another parent may be a retired biology, um, you know, professor or whatnot. And you have these people um, that can meet together and um, perhaps fill in holes if you feel like there is a hole to fill. Um, also, like I said, private tutors are not out of the question. You know, if there is some, if you get to high school math and you are struggling, um, there are resources, there's, there's tutors, there's websites for tutors for public and homeschool students. Um, there's, there's so many uh, people and um, resources that are available and can help homeschool families. It's amazing. My wife has been homeschooling or my, my oldest son is a freshman at Spurgeon right now. And um, one of the things that happened, you know, we weren't like advertising it, but tons of people would reach out to my wife. I mean, yearly. Tell us about the books that you're using. Tell us about how you deal with this. And so, you know, she wasn't someone who was trained in how to do it, but boy, she would just spend an exceptional amount of time with folks, not because she was schooled in how to functionally do a homeschool, but because she had learned and other people had come and invested in her. And so such a, an amazing thing, which causes me to then think about kind of a shot for shot comparison. You know, it's great that the resources are there. It's great that there are amazing publications that are being put out, whether it's Apologia or Canon Press, and you could probably name some other ones. Those are just the two that jump right out of, out of me. But how do, let's, let's talk about the actual evidence. Uh, mm -hmm. How do the scores compare? It's not that we evaluate the success based upon some arbitrary standard, but in the standards that do exist, how do some of these test scores um, compare uh, and the quality compare? Yeah, um, I love numbers. I love statistics because it's it's hard to argue with um, numbers and statistics. And in some ways, you know, like you said, you might not totally quantify success by numbers, but in some ways, I think it's okay to do that because our kids, if they're going to be um, functioning 
as adults in the world, in whatever field they're in, they're going to have to meet a certain standard uh, in some fields to do that. So I think it's okay to, um, you know, to, to look at test scores and things like that. I think that also helps um, homeschools um, uh, legitimacy is when we see how the stats compare against public schools. And I wrote this stuff down because I want to get it, I want to get it right. But there's a website that I love. Um, it's called, the organization is called the National Home Education Research Institute. And they do so much, they're, they're your statistic people for homeschooling. Um, and they do it not only for homeschool families, they do it for the press, they do it for politicians. You know, it's, it's basically a place where anyone can come and get some information, some numbers on homeschooling. So that being said, on that website, um, and I will get to specific numbers in a minute, but their statistics showed that homeschool students scored above average on achievement tests, regardless of their parents' level of formal education. And I just think that one's important, again, to kind of boost the confidence of a parent, regardless of a parent's education. Statistics show, scores show that it did not affect um, in a negative way the children's education. Um, homeschoolers typically score above average on SAT and ACT tests. If you hit average, great. You, you know, you're probably going to get into most colleges, but most homeschoolers hit above average, which is, mm. which is awesome. Um, and then homeschoolers usually score 15 to 30 percentile points above public school students on all standardized academic achievement tests. So um, I think the numbers look really good. Um, and like I said, I like numbers because you can't really argue with them, you know, their results. And um, I think it speaks in favor of homeschooling. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. And I mean, that's kind of like where me and my wife had to go and just, uh, you know, listen, like, cause again, they, they help make an informed decision. Um, it's like, you know, what are those numbers? What do those numbers mean and all that kind of stuff. So, and then we have to then bring it into our worldview. Is that, important and you know those numbers are important so we can you know they have their place you know evidence has its place for sure you know we're not gonna balk against that at all um but uh you know but whenever we uh got into it so again my my kids go to a hybrid school um so you know i think dave is it complete homeschool on your end Yes, it is. It is complete yeah. homeschool, the Robert E. Lee Academy. Yes. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, for mine, like right now, at least uh, the past few years, um, you know, we've been doing this Gloria Deo thing and it's a hybrid. So two days a week, my kids go to a class and they, you know, it's seated, graded and whatnot. Um, but, you know, two to three days at home with my wife and, you know, I'm, I'm at work except for Monday. So Mondays is whenever I get to deal with the, with all the, the shenanigans and all that kind of stuff and, and, and help out where I can. Um, while doing other things like right now anyway. So, <laughs> but, you know, but it is one of those things that we did see um, that you, Gloria Deo is even producing kids that go to go do well, you know, they end up, uh, you know, it's like you got the socialism or not socialism, socialization, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, criticism, but you know, yeah. that that's, they get socialized and I go, but like, I go to church. Like the reason why the secular world would be like, that's a problem is because you don't go to church. You don't sure. have a blood bought family, you know? So that's that criticism out, out the window for us is like, we got kids. Um, we got church, we got a church that loves kids and wants kids. So they'd totally have kids to be around and, if you're homeschooled, you can make those weird time play dates happen. 
because you have more yeah. time to do it and you're not stuck in a box all day. <laughs> yes, so, those are the know. best. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, but yeah, they, but there's a lot of students that have been all the way through the program and there's people that are entrepreneurs. There are people getting really good, like factory jobs or going to school, going to, you know, extra school. So it's, it's a wonderful thing to see, you know, like you, you, you judge by appearance and you're only going to get this over here saying like, eh, you know, the kids, they might be a little awkward. And I'm like, well, as Christians, you know, we shouldn't think awkward should be a problem especially in the world. So I don't, you know, you can totally like defeat all these kind of arguments and you can look at the numbers and go like, see right here. So that's, that's an amazing thing. And I'm glad that, you know, you're another witness um, in, in on the whole, just it's successful, you know, as far as that, as far as that can be, you know, you can take those numbers, but um, you know, but when it comes down to these uh, criticisms and all that kind of stuff that people do see the appearances um, you know, what are some of the difficulties of homeschooling and, but what are some of the blessings that you could encourage somebody with? Yeah. I mean, there are, I feel like with anything worthwhile, there are going to be challenges, hard things, obstacles. Um, so I think that's just part of it. Um, you know, of course <laughs> you're, you are whatever the home, if whoever the homeschooling parent is, um, if there's one that's the majority homeschool parent, um, you're with your kids all the time. And some mm -hmm. people are like, that's great. And some people are like, I could never do that. <laughs> um, but so I would say a difficulty, I obviously I chose homeschooling. I enjoy that. Um, but a difficulty is that you are with people, even if it's just your kids all the time. Um, so, I mean, for me, I've just learned to have to carve out some time, you know, if I need to recharge, reset or something. You just carve out some time. You got to be intentional about that. Um, you know, some people a down or a, a downside for them is careers. Um, you know, I've heard of two parents, both working and homeschooling. So I know it's possible. Um, it's probably adding an extra challenge. I do know it's possible though. Um, however, most people choose to have one parent stay at home, one person bringing in a salary or at least the majority salary. Um, and so career could be another, you know, maybe what someone would put on a con list of like, I can't have a career if, you know, I'm homeschooling or we can't bring in that extra income, that other income, you know, if we're homeschooling. Again, I think if you see the benefit of homeschooling and that benefit outweighs your, your cons, um, you can, you can make it work. You got to make some wise financial choices. You might have to change some things up. Um, but I think, again, the blessing, the pros outweigh the cons. Um, and then also, I think just the weight of, um, of homeschooling that your children's education is in your lap. You are responsible for it. Um, that that is a, I guess, a weighty and a hard thing. Um, you have to take that seriously. Um, you know, you're not getting paid for this. I feel like money can encourage someone to go to work, you know, and as a homeschool parent, I'm at home. I'm not getting paid for this. I'm okay with that. I chose that. Um, but you, you really have to be diligent um, about following through because this is your kid's education and you want to give them the best that, um, you can. Um, so those are some of maybe the challenges or difficulties. Um, as far as the, the blessings, what I absolutely love is that your family schedule is so flexible. 
Uh, my husband is coming up. He's about to have a schedule change where he will not have off uh, Saturdays. He'll have off a day in the middle of the week or a day at the beginning of the week. Because we homeschool, we can shift our, our schedule around and our kids are still going to get to see their, their dad just as much. Mm-hmm. Um, also, flexible schedules. You mentioned play dates. We can, you know, we can do things at at all sorts of times, uh, random times, vacations. Um, the flexibility of homeschooling is a huge blessing. I love having a flexible uh, schedule. I, I, I'm a creature who would rather be at home most of the time. And so the fact that I don't have to get up at, you know, seven in the morning, every morning and get our kids dressed and, and head to school every morning is, you know, it's a benefit. Yeah. Um, also hands-on learning. Um, the fact that I can do math with my kid and we can pull out some chips or Skittles or whatever from the cabinet. And, you know, you have that flexibility in learning. You want to go to a museum. You're learning about this in history. Let's look up some museums. Let's look up some places that we could go and, um, you know, put our side on some of this stuff or things like that. Um, Also, I mentioned earlier about curriculum and, you know, making sure you meet your state standards or whatnot. Um, But then I also said, you can go beyond that. That's that's a wonderful thing about homeschooling is that you can get your core work done in such a short amount of time, whereas in a public school setting, you got so many kids, that's going to take a lot longer. Well, now you've got all of this free time left to do some specialization in education, you know, whether that's something that you're passionate about or your child has a specific passion or interest or you know, things like that. You've got a lot more time to learn some extra stuff, to to experience some, you know, whatever. You've just got time to do that. Um, and then also I, I thought about when, you know, I'm not there yet. I have young kids. But when you have kids that are teenagers uh, about to be out in the adult world and they're homeschooled, they can have a flexible schedule. I fully expect my boys will want jobs. They're going to want to make their own money. Um, they can go and work Mondays and Tuesdays at our grocery store or something like that. And they can get their school done Wednesday through Friday or Saturday or however we want to organize that. But, um, as teenagers, I feel like they can have a little bit more flexibility to start entering into that adult world. Um, you know, put their, their feet in and kind of take some baby steps into that a little sooner and make it a, a more easy <laughs> jump into the adult world. So I think for me, I think the benefits outweigh um, the challenges and difficulties that might come with it. Yeah. And like, so just well to make said. a real quick, quick plug though, just to, for something that we're involved in, just to think about this. All right. So it's like, I'm a dad, I've got homeschool kids We're we're talking about civics, right? And uh, say that, uh, you know, we taught our kids, Hey, you can call, you can call your senators and Republicans or your representatives, and then you can tell them to make a hearing for an abolition bill in your state, right? And then say that hearing actually got made on the day that you're going to go up there and preach. You can bring your family in, and then there's a hearing going on, and then your kids can see how a bill becomes law or gets killed, right? <laughs> so yeah. just to make a plug out there, you know, that's what you can do with homeschooling, or else you have to tell uh, the school, well, you know, they're going to be absent and then the school will get mad whenever kids are absent because they don't get the money because it's, you know, you got all the state 
you know, paperwork and, or you have a field trip. It's all that. And then now there's COVID going on. So how are they going to get a field trip to go to the state on a bus? You know, so just think, think about all that stuff. And it comes down to, you know, we pay um, just a very small percentage of what the actual state has to pay per kid. So just think if more homeschooling is going on, your taxes could go down. Sure. It's actually cheaper to educate your kids and do things the way that God has instructed us in scripture to do. And that that's also a blessing to the family educating their kids. So, you know, you might need two jobs, but then maybe you don't. And maybe, and this is something I had to do because like this was in the, my decision happened in the, in the death of my dad and my, you know, my, my wife worked and I worked and uh, my mom was watching, they were watching the kids, but then my dad died. And I was just like, we can't put that on my mom, you know? Mm-hmm. And so it's was like, and that was right at the time that my daughter was going to go into school. And so, you know, it's whenever my wife had to go, I'll, you know, I want to educate my kids and I had to go, I've got to facilitate that. And I've got to buckle down and, and be, you know, not that I was lazy, lazy, but there was still some repentance in my life with work. Mm-hmm. And sure. that I had to do so, you know, so there's, there's a lot more that go into that. And that's, you know, that's my little testimony to throw, throw in there um, with this, but you know, there, it is, uh, like I said, it's a worldview thing. Like there's so much going on here, but then again, there's so much uh, benefit and blessing. And it sounds like, you know, you've been blessed by your homeschooling as well. And especially being an academic person yourself too. It's just, you know, God's given you the gifts and it's just amazing seeing you too. Um, just, being able to go through this and go, yes, this is right. This is right. And I'm, you know, you're happy and excited and joyous in doing so. Absolutely. Jump in real quick. Just so you know, my 16 year old is a pharmacy tech and she's homeschooled. She's a senior in high school. She is earning money. That's money that we're not having to pay for her mm-hmm. insurance for her phone because she's earning it. Just so you know, there is a, and of course my uh, oldest son, he started working when he was 15 at the grocery store, <laughs> by yeah. the way, um, and worked up until the time he, he graduated and continued in work. And so he had this great repertory of work experience. But one of the things I wanted to say, because here we've, we've put these really great plugs in for homeschooling. This is not on your list of things that I was going to ask <laughs> you though, but maybe you can help me. How can the non-homeschooling parent be a supporter and an encourager to their spouse, because Mm -hmm. I think that is such a powerful thing and such a useful tool. You're going to be speaking truth into my life as you say this. So just uh, know that. (laughs) Punch us in the face if you need to. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, um, I am very blessed. And I I tell him this, I am not just saying this for you. I am very blessed um, with my spouse, he has been pro homeschool. <laughs> He's in the background smiling right now. Um, he has been pro homeschool from the beginning and he is a, just a huge supporter of me. I honestly, it means everything to have a spouse that is encouraging you. That's telling you you're doing a great job. That is not making your life, you know, harder or making you doubt, um, your way of life or what you're doing. Um, it is, it is, it's hard, you know, to, to do anything, to do any work and to do it well is hard, um, to be at home and be diligent about educating your kids. That's work. I enjoy it, but it's work. Um, and so to have someone who is saying, who is so proud of you, you know, who's Mm -hmm. like, I'm, 
you're, you're doing great. You know, I'm so glad you're educating our kids. That's everything. If I didn't have that, it would be such a different story. Um, so spousal support and homeschooling is huge. And I would um, just words of encouragement, at least for me, is big. Um, so I think that's a it's a huge thing. And I'm very thankful that I have a husband that that is supportive of me and doing this. I'm glad to hear that. That's encouraging to me and a good challenge. I will make sure that I am providing spoken and written words of affirmation to my wife. Uh, I just think that's crucial. And so I'm really thankful that you, I know I didn't send you that question ahead of time, but it came up to me. I was like, gosh, what can I do a better job of? And so thank you. Oh, you spoke to me. It's good. There'll be application to that. We'll be coming (laughs) to action. It's great. And tell your husband, great for doing a good job. <laughs> <laughs> I will. Yeah. And uh, all us, all us definitely are us guys need to, yeah, we need to make sure that, yeah, we're uh, loving our wives um, doing that. So, you know, I've had to make some decisions and help as well. And, you know, it's got to be encouraging. And I know I can, I can be way too analytical at times and I do not look or sound encouraging because I'm thinking too much too. So yeah, thank you for that um, encouragement. And uh, you know, it's, if there's any sort of convictional rebuke, you know, that's not from you, that's from the spirit, you know, and that, but you know, that's, that's something that I got to think about too. It's like, I got to make sure that, cause I can totally just take things for granted really easily. Um, but then make, making being a guy and just going, being the husband and going like, you are doing good work and thank you for loving my kids, you know, loving yeah. our kids, you know, and, and you can talk, you can talk like it that way. And it's, you know, and, and yeah, it's, that's something that hits me square in the head. And I've got to, I thank you for just uh, bringing that back up and hopefully other guys that listen to this show, that's got wives and teaching kids that we all get uh, again, punch us in the face. And uh, <laughs> I encourage every woman to punch their husband in, with, in the face with like, you know, I don't feel encouraged. And yeah, yes, we'll, yeah. we'll end up reacting like what woman? And then we'll be like, oh, <laughs> if the Holy Spirit lives in it, then it's just like, wow. Okay. No, yeah. I have not. And I am sorry. And woman, you rock. So, you know, yeah. that's the way this thing works. So yeah. But well, yeah Rachel, we're that. so grateful. You've been giving us your time. And so let us not abuse it by any means, but help us out with a few little more objectives. Uh, as you can tell from being my student, I'm always thinking about those bullet points and those those nuggets that we can grab onto. And so thanks for providing so many. My one question would be, if someone's listening to the podcast and they don't homeschool, but they're interested, what would be a few steps that you could uh, encourage them to take in pursuing looking into homeschooling and and then maybe picking it up? Yeah. Um, So I think a wonderful starting place, um, if they have a friend, if they know someone who homeschools, Um, just asking them. And I think most homeschool families are very happy to talk about it because you have to be passionate about it. If you're going to do it, it's got to be some kind of passion for you, Um, some kind of excitement, some kind of, um, yeah, passion. So I think most homeschooling uh, parents would be happy to talk about it. So I think that's a great first um, initial step in learning more about it. The why, why do you homeschool? What's your day look like? How do you do this? How do you do that? Um, I think that's a, a great first step. Secondly, I always point people to, um, it's a website. It's, it's this um, woman who does reviews on homeschool um, curricula. She also put out a book and I think there's a hundred um, homeschool curriculum and there's like 101 homeschool curriculums or 
Reviews. That's the title of the book. Her name is Kathy Duffy. And um, the website is kathyduffyreviews.com. Um, she, so in this book that she put out, she has, um, basically it's for the parent. It's just like a helpful resource. And there are, um, tests, uh, like self-evaluation tests that help you as a parent who's potentially going to be a homeschool parent know like, okay, what's, what's your teaching method? You know, um, your kids, their personalities, how do you think they best learn? And you kind of zone in and get some understanding of how you may function as a teacher, how your children may function as students. And then she takes that, those results, that knowledge, and she puts forth some curriculums that are like, hey, I think, you know, with your teaching style and, you know, for your kids or whatnot, like, look at these curriculums or whatnot. So I feel like that's a great, you know, place. Like I said, there's so many curriculums out there. It can be overwhelming if you're like, I don't know where to start. Um, I think she kind of hones in on some important things and then puts suggestions forward. Um, So I feel like she is a great resource. Also, um, homeschool groups, not only co-ops like physical co-ops but usually there's Facebook groups that um, are they're either statewide um, or area-wide we have a Texas you know um, Facebook groups homeschool groups and then I also have like a Southeast Texas um, homeschool group and you can get on there and ask questions you can get up in the search bar and type in you know something you're curious about and have all that pull up, you know, other people that have asked questions or made suggestions. And so I think probably those three um, avenues would be a great place to start and make it not so overwhelming. Um, Like I said, there's a lot out there. Don't let it overwhelm you. Um, You can, you know, there's there's paths you can follow that can help narrow some things down for you. Um, and it's, like I said, I think that first step is meeting with someone who homeschools. That's a great first step. Mm-hmm. Well, let me, I know your time is, is important because you got two kids and a husband you want to get back to. We so appreciate the time that you've given us and you did extra work here. You, the, the class is well passed over and <laughs> you did well in that class. And, uh, and now you're spending time going back over those things, but hopefully, and I can so easily tell our time has just gone quickly uh, because this is something that means a lot to you. Help me though with, uh, give me just a little bit of a passage from scripture that has spoken to you uh, that maybe has been convictional or just an encouraging piece regarding homeschooling? Yeah, um, I want to share two, if that's okay. Um, mm-hmm. One is kind of your cliche, typical homeschool verse, but but there's a reason for that. Um, it's Deuteronomy 6, 6 through 7, and mm-hmm. it says, these words that I'm giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children. Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Um, It's, you know, that scripture, like I said, a lot of homeschool families kind of gravitate that as kind of like a a motto or a creed or whatnot. Um, And and it basically is saying, as you're going through life with your kid, teach, teach them about me, (laughs) you know, teach, Mm -hmm. teach them about God and homeschool provides that time, um, those experiences where you just have a lot of opportunity to do so, to disciple your children, to point them to God in all areas of life. So there's that one. Um, the other one is in, I believe it's Proverbs. Um, it's Psalms. I'm sorry. Psalms 127, three through four. Uh, sons are indeed a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward. 
like arrows in the hand of a warrior are the sons born in one's youth. Um, this one is somewhat cliche too, but again, that's okay. Um, arrows, I mean, I just, I love the somewhat war and battle metaphors. Um, when you think of your kids going out into a world that is hostile, it is hostile to the gospel and uh, you want to, to sharpen them. You want to aim them in a way that they will be glorifying to God, that they will be um, a blessing to the world. And so I think, again, homeschooling provides that opportunity to sharpen, to direct, to aim. Um, and so I think those two verses are, um, they were influential for me. Um, and I think even, again, even if families choose not to homeschool, discipleship, discipleship is a call for all believers. Um, you've got to be discipling your kids. And like I said, I think homeschooling is a wonderful um, route to go to do that. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for your time and just the hard work that you put in uh, school wise and all that, you know, just again, you've been given a gift um, and you've uh, you have been uh, a good steward of it. And that's that's what we got to do. And so, you know, I'm I'm guessing that uh, since you're on the Taggart podcast, that you were a wonderful student today. <laughs> and so that's why he wanted to call you on here for uh, what you have learned and to put it into practice because you have learned it and then you know it and then now you're teaching. So great. Good job. I mean, you're you're practicing what you preach too, so that you're being consistent. And uh, that's a, that's a wonderful thing. So thank you for your time. Thank you for your work. Uh, we pray that uh, God um, blesses you and your family um, because you are listening to him and following um, what he commands us to do uh, as parents. So, and that's, that's an, should be an encouragement to any, anybody that's teaching their kids and, 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 and following Christ's words and, and uh, doing this discipleship thing that we're supposed to be doing. But yeah, thank you so much again for your time. And um, yeah, we, uh, since we have a two for episode, you know, that like we're hoping there's enough information to get out there and, and edify uh, people. And hopefully there's some good conviction that goes on um, with this episode, because uh, this is such, this is our kids and it's such a tender thing to talk about so um but uh, and we were once kids too and we've had horrible experiences good experiences and they they haunt us and they go with us as well so if we can you know put that blessing at the very beginning of a kid's life amazing yeah. so but yeah but with that said this is the tag you're it podcast i am ray ray i am dave and we got and I am rachel and Sully. deo gloria 